Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we have worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship is God in priority. It's, it's not, am I enjoying it? Is, is God enjoying it? Am I giving the best of my worship? Am I giving my heart in my worship? Is it all about Him? And we shout together, it's all about Him. I didn't say apologize. They say, shout, it's all about Him. Can we shout one more time? It's all about you, Jesus. Can you put those beautiful hands together for Him and make some noise if you are glad to be in church this morning? Hallelujah! 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 You can please sit like kings in majestically God's presence this morning. And please help me celebrate radiance. Help me celebrate radiance this morning. Hallelujah! 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 So good to be in church. So good to be in church this morning. I'd like us to read the psalm before we, before we um, go into the word. Psalms 95, we're going to do from verse 1 to verse 6. Psalms 95, like us to read together. From verse 1, we're going to read to verse 6 together. We're going to use Psalms for jazz, to look for something from God. We use Psalms to exalt Him. We use Psalms. The Bible says singing and making melody in your heart. It says, it says speaking to yourself in Psalms and names and spiritual songs. So when we read Psalms, we are focused on the Father. And when we read Psalms, we are energized. We are filled with the Holy Ghost. Can someone shout Amen? Alright, can we read together loudly? One, two, go. Oh, come. Let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout. Can you shout joyfully this morning? You know, they are, they are, they are joyful shouts. You know, you know they, are sh- they are joyful shouts. And they are, and they are sadful shouts. <laughs> can we shout joyfully one more time? Uh, Alright, okay, let's go further. Let us sing joyfully, shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Very soon now. On the go. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully with some. Can we shout joyfully one more time? Alright. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The height of the hills are his also. It's five. The sea is his, for he made it, and his land formed the dry land. The last verse, verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Thank you, Father. I kneel before you. It's not, my, my food is not too fine for me to kneel before you. I appreciate you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. One more time. Welcome to Edukos. This is the fourth chapter, fourth part. Can you, can you, can you glorify God this morning? Hallelujah. And uh, at last, we are going to move away from chapter 1. At last. Alright, if you have been missing in action, if you, have, if you, are, if you are not in um, the formal season, you know, we've had season 1, season 2, this is season, we have season 32, this is season 4. If you have been missing in the episode, it's time for you to join and be an actor in the series. Amen? Glory to God. Be an actor in the series. And one more thing that you can do again, to be a good actor in the series, maybe you would have to catch up with what we've done in, episode, um, in season one, season two, and season three. And um, you can just meet the media after the service, get the messages. Very, very classy. Very, very important. You see, one thing we are doing, I will keep saying this, we are raising intelligent believers. Can you shout amen to that? 
you are raising intelligent sense. Intellig- so that when anybody says anything, you are, you are trying to edit. You are trying to, you are trying to, you are trying to, uh, how do you call it? You are trying to filter. You can't just take anything as a believer. You cannot just take anything anywhere as a believer. You are raising super intelligent believer. Can you shout amen to that? And that's the purpose of any course. You see, you see, the, the beginning of Christianity in the Bible is romance. It's romance. It's the ABC of Christianity, of salvation. If you can get romance, oh boy, no one can deceive you anymore. I tell you. I tell you. So that's why we are taking time. We are laying it line upon line, precept upon precept, to understand the book of Romans. Because if you get it, if you can get the book of Romans, you have laid a very solid foundation for yourself. You just be building, 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 building up yourself on your most holy faith. You got to be building, 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 building. I love the way Amplified put it. He says, rising higher and higher like an edifice. Before you can construct a skyscraper, you must spend time on the foundation. It must be solid. It must be. It must be firm. It must be. It must be. It must be tight. That's what we are doing. We are raising intelligent believers. Can you shout amen to that? All right. So let's raise intelligent believers one more time. Let's go to chapter two. We've been in chapter one for the past two weeks. Chapter two. I believe that we are going to go beyond chapter two today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right. So last week we looked at um, certain things. I wouldn't do a lot of it because we don't have so much time to do that. Um, we looked at um, the second sub team in the in the in the in the book, and it's titled what? Man's choices and God's action. We established the fact that it was not God that made people gays and homosexuals. It wasn't God. Men chose to live in a certain way, and then God did not make them do it. God left them to do it. And so we saw, we saw the Greek word paradidomi, um, meaning that God gave them over. God allowed them to have their will, to do their things. And I showed you last week also in the book of Genesis that God said at the point, said, my spirit will not always strive with men. I will allow men to do what they want to do. So why is Nigeria this, in this way? Why is Nigeria this bad? Is it God? And we are sinning too much. So God is punishing us. God is not punishing any nation. God punished all the sins of, of mankind on Christ. I will say something different tomorrow about this. I will say the same thing. So I'm not looking for messages to make you happy. So that I come and say something tomorrow and then, and then it's different from what I'm saying today. No, 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 no. If I'm going to talk about this again, I will say it the same way I'm saying it. God punished the entire sins of mankind on Christ. So God is not punishing man for his sin again. We saw last week in the book of 2 Corinthians 5 that God is not counting your sins against you. Am I right? You know, the beautiful thing about me is that I'm not bragging now. I'm saying the truth. Is that I don't know how to say, to say nice things to you. I didn't create some nice things and come and say it on Sunday. No. All I know to do is to tell you what the Bible is saying. So I'm not, I'm not trying to make you come to my side, to see for my side and come and embrace my side. No. I'm telling you what the Bible is saying. Simple as ABC. 7 Corinthians 5, verse 19 or 20. He says that God is in Christ be, because he's one of himself and is not imputing their trespasses on them. Imputing means that he's not counting your sins against you. 
He's not counting men's sins against them. God is not counting your sins against you. There is no book of your sins in heaven. Heaven is a holy place. They don't write people's sins in heaven. It's not possible. A man, a man had an encounter, and then he got to heaven, and then he saw, he was reading about the profile of Abraham. He was reading, reading, reading. An angel was there with him. He said, angel, this book is not complete. The angel said, what happened? He said, uh, Abraham had sexual intercourse with Agar. Say it is not there. Say it's in my, my book. The angel said, that, angel said that it did not happen. Angel said it did, not, it did not happen. So if you think that God is keeping your sins record against you, it is not true. That if it, it cannot enter heaven, if anything impure enter heaven, it becomes pure. You don't understand what I'm saying. Maybe you don't know what heaven means. In heaven, there is no impurity. Your sins are impurities. It cannot enter heaven. There is no book of your sin. There is only a book of life. And when they open it, your name is there. And the book of life is an undeletable document. When they put your name there, it's inscription. They cannot erase it. There is no device in this world or in heaven that was made, that has been made, that can be made, that can remove your name in the book of life. So you sing today, God remove it. You, 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 you went tomorrow, God put it back. What is that one? What is that one? Does, does it make any sense to you? The Oluwa Fawiya Shewaya. Ah, ah! God should tell the book of your sin. So God is keeping your sin record. That's not God. That's not God. God does not keep sin record. Are you glad about that? Pastor, you are teaching them to go and sin. I can see that. Did I see that? It is your carnality that is making you see that. Whoever is saying that, that is saying that, ah, pastor, pastor is telling them to go and sin. That person is a carnal person. You are the one that wants to go and sin. It's not them. It is you. It is you. It is you. Because I didn't say that to go and sin. I didn't say that. God said that go and sin. No. Yeah, it's sin time. I didn't say that. You are the one. You are the one. You think that you are holier than every other person, Abi? And you are thinking that pastor is teaching them nonsense. You go and sin. You are the one that is that is a carnal person. You are the only one. But I did not say that. And Bible did not say that. Because the nature of the believer is a righteous nature. So the, the, the day a believer sins, he's pretending he's not himself. He's not himself. He's just behaving like, like who is not. But when you sin, does God now begin to say, ah, <laughs> I will show him Pepe. I've been waiting for him. I've been waiting. I know he will for one day. I will show him Pepe. This one. Uh, uh, pastor, pastor, but God dealt with Job. God dealt with Job. God dealt with Job. We, your Bible, very well. God did not deal with Job. In fact, God was even bragging about Job. So the devil said, have you seen my servant Job? And God was like, the devil was like, let me touch him, touch him small. So, ah. God was like, no, 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 no. no. So let me touch him small. Say, so, I have seen that you have set an edge. Ram but round about him. I cannot touch him because there's an edge round about him. God, devil cannot touch you because God has put an edge around you. Does, does, does not sin on Christ Jesus. And I'm glad to know that. I'm glad, some of you are not glad to know that because you, you want to pay for your sins. <laughs> Some people like some people like to walk. They like to walk. I want to work for myself. I want to work for everything that gets in my life. I want to work for it. I am a married person. Excellent, excellent person. I had to work pays. 
I believe that grace work pays. I believe that Christ has done the work for me. Let me enjoy what He's done for me. You know, yesterday someone was asking me, what's the difference between Ronaldo and Messi? I'm sorry to bring you to ball. I said, Ronaldo is the work. Messi is grace. I said, so I prefer grace. How come you like Messi? I said, it's because of grace. I don't want to, I don't want to sweat before I accomplish this in life. I'm saying Ronaldo is not good. Very good. I love him too. It's grace. I love grace. I love grace. They want to give one billion. Say, no, no, don't give me. Let me go and work. I must work for it. So we looked at that last week. It is not God that is punishing you. God punished Christ already. He's not going to punish you anymore. Amen? Do you understand that? Do you need, do you need, do you need uh, God to come and show you his ID card and come and tell you that? This is what is enough, Abby. This is what is enough. God doesn't need to come and show you his ID card and come and tell you. If God appears to me and says that I am God, this is my ID card. Your sins, I will punish you. I will say that you are not God. Go back. Or you miss, you miss, you went into your wrong address. That's, God cannot say that. So in case you want to talk to God or you get to heaven before me or maybe after me, whatever, and tell God that it was me that made you to believe that thing. It's not me, it's the Bible. I just said it. Tell God. I know I'm saying the truth. Those who don't talk like this, they're always confused. I've not, I, you haven't noticed? They will say this one, they will say this one tomorrow. They're always confused. They're always confused. Because this is the basic of Christianity. If you don't get it, they will, they will tell you today that God loves you. Tomorrow they say that God is angry with you. They are not consistent. Say tomorrow, this morning, I want to talk about, about the love of God. After seeing that one, next week, the anger of God is against the sinners. And they are talking to saints. Why? Even the sinner, that message has expired in, in, the, in, the, in the sinner's world. The message you are giving the sinners right now is Christ has died for their sin. God is no longer mad at them. He's mad about them. And he wants them. So that message of, of sin, sin, sin has expired. It has expired. Do you know why many, many people are not born again today? Because they heard the wrong message. They heard the wrong message. We've been, to, we've been to several places in this. We have come this area, evangelism. And they keep telling us, don't come and talk to me. Don't come and talk to me. I don't want to hear about Jesus. I am a bad boy. Who should hear about Jesus? If not that guy. I have been to a place before in that canal. And they told me, say, if you come here. <laughs> Guys, smoking, as in smoking serious weed. If you come around here, get out of this place. I got out. Because I don't want them to beat me. So that God can preserve me for the next soul. I want myself to preserve the next soul. Do you understand? <laughs> I want to die for Jesus Christ. He has died for me. I don't have to die for him. But if I have to die for the gospel, I will die for the gospel. But I don't die stupid death. Even Jesus was running away at some point. Are you, are you not aware of that? The Jesus will hide himself. The Bible says, A, a wise man foresees evil and hides himself. But the simple pass it on. Simple will say that, ah, ah. Jesus Christ. I will, carry my, I, will, I will carry Christ into the place. And then they will beat you. you come, and, come and say that I have been persecuted for the gospel. You have been persecuted for being foolish. When I go into the book of um, Romans chapter 2, this morning we are talking about the third sub-team and it's titled Judgment Mode Activated. Judge, judgment Mode Activated. You know, we are laying... We are laying the foundation. We are laying upon each other. 
Because the book of Romans is a flow, is a continuum. We cannot pick a verse in Romans chapter 1 and say that this is a doctrine. No. Because at that point, it was still talking about the old life that people were living. So Romans chapter 3, verse 2, verse 1. Let's, let's start from there. Let's read the first three verses. Let's read together. Everybody, want to go? Therefore, you are inexcusable, old man. Whoever you are, who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge, practice the same thing. Verse 2. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. Verse 3. And do you think this, oh man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God. Don't forget that. He was still referring to, to a particular time. But also, these things have the applications in the life of the new creation believer. You must understand what is written and see how these things flow with us. So, understand this, that he was talking about judgment in this chapter. He talked about God's judgment in and out of the law, in the era of the law, for both Jews and Gentiles. So here, he wasn't referring to you. But can I talk to you a while about this? I have seen many, many judges in this world. In fact, I have come to realize that many people know how to do other people's job, except their own job. You know how the pastor should pastor. You know how the mechanic should, should fix the car. You know how the president should president. You know how the senator should senate us. But you don't know how to pass CHM 211. You, you don't know how to jump your own jump. But you know how every other person should do their own thing. I am not spicing you for the passive jump. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I've failed many times. And thank you for my failures. Some of them are my miracles today. So I am say, I'm talking about those who expect, expect every other person to be perfect for them and they are perfect for nobody and even themselves as well too. I'm talking about the people that are called judges. The writers of the book of Judges. There are too many judges who are corporates. Victims of the same thing. People that did not pass your exam, but they want to judge you. They want to get the mic and judge you for your, for your own case. Several of them in the world today. Especially in the, in, in, in the church. They want to mark your own script. And they don't even have a script of themselves. You see, too many people assume privileges of other people. I know what I'm saying now. They assume a position over other people. The moment you are a bit grown, eh, you want to control power over those who are younger than you. The moment you are a bit successful, you want to rob and do others that are not as successful as you are. The moment you have passed an exam, you want to explain to others why they have not passed that same exam. But do not forget that what you have gotten in your life, when you get into another setting entirely, it is nothing entirely. But when you come to a gay gay, when you, when you, well, the moment 
you leave Agege for your workplace. Maybe at VI. You are the unblessed person in the world. So people want to assume privileges. It happens in the world. It happens in church. They want to say, I am better. I, 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 I am more spiritual. I, 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 I am better. Have you heard this word before? If you have not heard it before, you are not in Nigeria. If you, are not, if you don't understand Yoruba, I, I mean that you met us in this world. We have been here before you. What do you know? And that's, that's the state of human. That's the state of the fallen man. And he's in church. He's in church. Um, even though I'm not perfect, but I'm better than you. Even though, I know we're not perfect, but, but you look at you, see what you are doing. I, I, I didn't become pregnant out of, out, of, out of wedlock. But you were having sex before wedlock. Right? So, even at that level, you still want to assume prominence over those who became pregnant. She became pregnant and things like that. So you are sexually active. You are masturbating. And then you can, you can, you can, you can reduce and bring to nothing. You can look at them with reproach. Who are you? What have you received that you were not given? What? And you see, this thing applies to many of us. It's not. Don't don't be thinking about someone that is far fetched somewhere. Someone that used to judge you somewhere. Talk about think about you now. I'm not perfect, but I'm not as bad as you are. You know that kind of comments. Uh-huh. If you are not, if you are not, if you are not perfect, then don't talk. Don't talk. You see, God is my witness. Nobody has appeared before me and said that pastor, I've done something wrong, and then this is it. And then I tell you, tell you that ah, how did you do it? If 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 I have said that to you, I want to see your hands up. How how manage? How did you do it? For someone to appear before you and tell you that something you don't need to explain the wrong again. Better explain it. Or even when you catch someone do something wrong, it is not your time to now start explaining the meaning of the wrongness. You see, everybody has a software in them, understanding wrong or right. Talk to me, church. Everybody does. So it is not in your place to start explaining the wrongness or rightness. No, we don't need that explanation. Do you have a solution? You don't have. Please pass. Pass. Or that we don't want you pass. I have sat down before people before and talked to them long ago and they cried. Finished crying. They cried very well. And I felt very big. <laughs> I felt very big, like, wow, that person cried. I broke the person. The person cried. And then guess what? There was no change in the person's life. I wasted my time. Wasted our time. Wasted our tears. Because at times, all that you need to give someone for a solution is just a simple word. It's not all of this 
pull up value of a shout and all of those things. No. Most of the time, people don't even need these things. People want to glory in other people's flesh. I tell you. Someone did something wrong a long time ago. Obviously wrong. And then, so I was going to see the person and then the person saw me and the expectation was, was not met. I didn't say anything about what the person has done. I'm talking about what do we do from here? How do we control the damages? It's not how do we let me explain to the person what the person has done wrong first. Let me finish the person. No, we don't need that. But please note that correction and judgment are two different things. They can be corrected. So don't say that when pastor corrects him now, pastor, you, you just told us in the altar now that you should not be judging. I'm not judging you, I'm only correcting you. So, if you have a better life, it's God's mercies. Some people did not choose a life that they are living right now. Life chose it for them. And I mean what I'm saying. So, Pastor, I'm a virgin. But sister, some people were raped. They didn't choose it. Some people were manipulated. Some people just grew up in the wrong environment. Someone once told me, not in this church. I won't talk about anybody in this church on the altar. Long ago, someone once told me, I grew up being raped. As in, I didn't know when it started in my life. I just grew up being raped. How do you want the person to, to, to how, how, do you, how do you judge such a person? How? A woman was caught in the very heart. She appeared before Jesus. They brought her and they were like, hey, 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 we have caught this man today. They took stone. Let us stone her. And Jesus bent down. And Jesus sang a song by Asha. Let him who is without sin be the first to cast the stone. Mr. Jayla. The pastor Asha sung in church. Is it not a song? Is it not what you just said? Pastor, you are, you are, you are kinda. Is it not a song? Is it going to find the devil? And then when Jesus looked up, everyone was gone. So the woman said, I don't also condemn you. Can you imagine that? Jesus was the one there now. Jesus was the one talking now. I don't also condemn you. So go and sin no more. And that was the end. Thousands of Jesus. Let me tell you seven steps not, not to do it again. Step one. Or the consequence of your sin. Let me explain to you. Do you know what Moses said in Deuteronomy 25, verse 7b? Explain it to our force. Then let me take you to Leviticus. In Leviticus, do you know that you, you, you have to go and pay guilt offering? After guilt offering, you pay sin offering. After sin offering, then you pay what? You do restitution. And then, you said, go and sin no more. You didn't say more than that. That's the Savior. That is God on earth. That's how God will talk to you. If you are hearing something entirely, that's not God talking to you. That's not God talking to you. That's how God speaks. So go and see no more. God, I think God came on earth. He saw somebody caught in the very heart. They brought her. So go and see no more. So I don't even condemn you. He has license to condemn her. To take in and beat her. 
very well. Do you know the people that Jesus had issues with? All through the Bible. Those who are judging other people. The Pharisees, the Pharisees, and the sad to see. But when you, when, when you, when you catch a sister that just, was just talking to a guy and they held hands together, they passed your house. Ah, God of war. Consuming fire. Brimstone. You call her, sit her down, wash her from head to toe, explain to her who she is not and who she is, tell her how stupid she is, tell her is it because she has not grown big breasts? I don't know. That, is, that, is that not what I was? No. Why are you looking at me? I said, I'm saying nonsense. Explain to her how she was small and she was batting and you knew her in those days and how stupid she is right now and everything and all of that and then you expect her not to do it again. That's your own formula. No, that's, that's your own formula, actually. Let's, let's tell them the truth. What's, what is the truth? What is the truth? Give me verse 4, please. 2 verse 4. Look at this. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and what? And what? What is long-suffering? Patience. I will suffer long to watch you become better. He says, not knowing that the goodness of God is what what? Is what leads to re- not, not The anger of God is not what leads to repentance. The anger of God was born in, in the development and everything else. But yeah, people didn't repent. They were sinning the more. The goodness of God is not your own anger. The goodness of God is what leads men to repentance. Galatians 6 verse 1. I want to talk to those who are very, very spiritual here. They are very, very spiritual. I want to talk to you this morning. Look at this. Can we meet this together? Everybody. Want to go, everybody. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in an enterprise, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of what? Gentleness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. There is a story of Jimmy Swaggart and I can't remember the second person's name. How that person fell. A pastor. Two pastors in the United States. Very prominent. They, one of them fell. And the other one went on air. Finished and criticized him. Pissed him. Abused him. As in, said crazy things about him. Few years time. He didn't just fall. He entered the ground. The person that was criticizing. You see, can you imagine someone that has a ministry as big as Mona's Chapel and everything crumbled? It happened actually. The spiritual man does not reduce others to nothing. The spiritual man, in fact, in fact, the spiritual man doesn't reduce others to nothing. The spiritual man help them. You see, let, let me give you these tactics now. When somebody falls, when somebody falls, what you need to make the person stand is not to tell the person who he is. No, not the person what he has done, but who he is. You don't tell people what they have done wrong. Tell them who they are. Tell them that they, have been, that they are righteous. 
And that is not them. That's a, that's a different person entirely. Tell them, he who knew no sin became sin, that they might be what? In Christ Jesus. That is what they need to hear. If he's not born again, don't, don't tell them that one. But if he's born again, that is what they need to hear. Do you know what? Do you know how, how Paul addressed the Galatia church? He said, Oh foolish Galatians. He said, How can you that before your very eyes Christ was crucified? And then you start operating your life by the flesh. You start seeing yourself based on what you have done and based on what people call you. That's not the believer. So we say I'm righteous. That's who you are. That's what the Bible calls you. That's what God says you are. Verse 5. Let's move into some other things now. 3 verse 5. Oh, 2 verse 5, rather. Sorry. 2 verse 5. Now, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring for yourself wrath in the day of wrath. And the revelation of the of the righteousness of God, verse six, who will render to each man according to his deed. Now, please follow me. Now, please don't miss this because people take this one and judge everybody with this that God will render everyone according to their deeds and all of that. Beautiful. But please just follow me. Verse seven, please. Verse seven. Eternal life to those who by by what continuance in doing seek for. Please look at Christ. Find Christ in this text from verse, five, verse 11. It's not like to those who, by continu- patient continuance in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Verse 8. But those who were self seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey what? Indignation and what? Wrath. Verse 9. Tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who do evil of the Jews' force. And also of the what? Of the Greek. Verse 10. But glory, honor, and praise to everyone who walks. What is what? To the Jews first, and then to the what? To the Greek. Verse 11. But there's no percentage to God. Now, explain to me. Do you see Christ in all of these things? Do you see Christ in all of these things? Verse 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Do you see Christ there? Now, do you, do you, see, do you see believing in Christ there? Talk to me now. Are you sure? Do you see believe in Christ? He's talking about eternal life here, right? Now, do you see believe in Christ there? No. Do you see Christ there? No. Did you see anything like um, new birth there? No. Now, do you know that? Let me shock you. Do you know that verse 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 is still talking about those who live before Jesus came? Now wait, pastor, eternal life is there now. Yes, it is there. So the, the question is this, how does God judge, how did God judge, or how does God, because, okay, how did God judge those who live pre-Jesus time? I've never heard about the gospel. I'm going to take it again from verse 5. Please, note the words. Verse 5, let's go again. I want to go, everybody. But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are training up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Right? Alright. 
For who will render to each one according to his deed? Number seven. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good, in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Alright. Verse eight. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, verse 9, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jews force and also of the of the Jews force and also of the Greek. Beautiful. Verse 9. Verse 10, brother, please. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works. Works what is to the Jews force and also to the Greek. Verse 11. For the spirituality of God. Is it focused on, on we in the New Testament? No, it's not. It's focused on works. So let me ask you a question. Those who were born before Jesus was born, how will God judge them? <laughs> okay, another question. Those who never hear the gospel, they never hear about Jesus at all in their life, how will God judge them? We have an answer for us. How do you think God will judge them? You see, there's something called rightly dividing the word of truth. So many believers, so many people don't divide the word rightly. It says, study to show yourself approved. The word study there is not to speak the Bible. It's, the word study there is diligence. If you, if you check the New King James say be diligent to show yourself approved unto God, a workman would need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So many people wrongly divide the word, they pick verses that do not suit the situation and they fix it there. Hallelujah. Can a man go to heaven? Without believing Jesus. I saw you know somewhere there. Let me talk to this, this one on this on my right side. Can a man go to heaven without believing in Jesus? But like Jane said, no. Isn't that person? Cannot go to heaven without believing in Jesus. Okay. This room. Can a man go to heaven without believing in Jesus? No, no. Alright, let's talk to this one here. Can a man go to heaven without believing in Jesus? Eh? Because I said yes. Let me ask you a simple question. Did Abraham believe in Jesus? At least we know Abraham is in heaven. We saw it in, in one of Jesus' Bible. I mean, how? <laughs> is Abraham in heaven? He talked to me. Is Abraham in heaven? Uh, uh, answer now. Jesus talked about Abraham, Lazarus, and the rich man. I mean, now. Where was Abraham in the story? Talk to me, church. He was in heaven, right? Abraham is in heaven, right? So, did Abraham believe in Jesus? <laughs> Where is Enoch? He's in heaven. The Bible says he walked with God and he was no more. He walked with God and they went to heaven together. Where is Elijah? He's in heaven because he came back with the spirit of John the Baptist. Abby? Alright, so we know that. We know about three people, at least. They are in heaven. They didn't believe in Jesus. <laughs> okay, let's go to verse 12. Let's do 12 to 16. I think we are, we, are, we are moving fast now. Verse 12, please. Alright, let's, let's read this together from verse 12. 
Let's read this now. Want to go? Please take it very seriously. Want to go? For as many as have sinned without the law will also perish. Eh? Read again from the beginning. For as many as have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. For as many as have sinned in the law will will be judged by the law. This is talking about then, not now. Right? Beautiful. Verse 13. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. Okay. Verse 14. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, this, although not having the law, are a law to themselves. Verse 15. Who show the work of the law written in their hearts? They are. Can you shout our conscience? Alright. Their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves, their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. So, so conscience, thoughts accusing them or excusing them. Verse 16, please. In the day when, when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So first, note something first. The judge of the world is not God anymore. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men according to my gospel and all of that. The judge of the world is Jesus Christ. How many of you know that? Let me show you. I can show you. John chapter 5 verse 22. John 5.22. So we'll come back here. John 5.22. Okay. Let's look at it, please. Please, don't miss these things so that you will know. It's good for you to know. For the, for the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Eh? Go for that, please. 22. 23. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father, he who does not honor the Son, does not honor the Father who sent him. Verse 24, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him, who sent me, as what? Do you believe in him? Do you have a blessing life? Shall glory to God. And shall not what? No, no, this is that. And shall not what? So God is not going to judge you. Because the written word says that you shall not come to judgment. Pastor, what are you saying now? I am saying what the word of God is saying. Jesus is the one that said this one. If your Bible, if your Bible, if your Bible has red and, and black, you see, it's written in red. I mean, now it's in red, red ink. And shall not come to judgment, but as what? Pass from death into life. Verse 25. Most of you, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of, of the Son of God, and those who hear will what? Now, this is the part that is important here. Now, please keep this. Verse 26. And go back. For as the Father has, has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Please go back, go back to verse 25. It says that the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. 27 now, 27 please. And he has given authority to execute judgment. Who, who has given authority? Eh? To execute also, because he's the Son of 28. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the grave, this one too, please pick it. All who are in the grave, we hear what? 
Okay. So who is going to judge Abraham? And Isaac? And Jacob? All were in the grave. We hear the voice. Here, he has not died. Elijah. Cain and Abel. Methuselah. Enoch. Beautiful. 29. And comfort those who have done good. He was talking about you at first. He said that you receive everlasting life, right? For believing in Jesus Christ. Do you see that? Talk to me. Do you see that? Now, he said, talking about those who are in the grave. We hear his voice. Do you know that when Jesus rose from the dead, so, some people saw those who have been, had died before. He saw them in Israel. Yeah, they saw them in Israel. It's in the Bible. It's in Israel. They saw them in Israel. Now, he said that those who are in the grave, we hear his voice and they will come forth, right? That's not talking about those who are in Christ. Those who died before Jesus was born. Those who have done good to what? Eh? And those who have done evil to what? This one is not talking about you. Do you not understand that now? Is it Yekebu? Is it understandable? Is it, are you becoming more intelligent as a believer? Okay, understand now. Let's go back to Romans. Go back to Romans. 2.16 now. He said, In the day when God will judge the secret of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So, we saw in the verses before now that those who have done good, they will be judged rightly. Evil, judged wrongly. Or judge for evil and all of that. Now, now, this is very important. Now, we also saw here, I'm trying, I'm trying to make this fast, but I don't want to miss a lot of things. We also saw here, it says that those who, please look for it, that those who live by the law will be judged by what? You have gotten this by now. Same Romans chapter 2, verse 12. We have not reached this place. This place. For as many as have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. But as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by. Now, talk to me, church, please. Talk to me, church, please. Who was the law written to? The old word? Eh? The old word? Who? The Israelites, the Jews. Do you believe that the law has nothing to do with you? Now, in those days, some of you thought that, some of you think that it's only the Jews that, that were living in those days. There were several nations of the earth. Several nations. In fact, the Jews are not even up to 100, one, not up to 100 of, of the entire world. So God, let's say that they are 1,000 of the entire world. So God gave one of the people, the law. Nine, 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 one thousand. No law. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So, the people that God will judge by the law, eh? They are just the Jews. You, you have no relationship with the law. He said that for those who have sinned without the law, will perish without the law. But those who have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. Then talk about the law of conscience. So, how did God judge Abraham? The law of conscience. How did God judge David? The law of conscience. How did God judge Elijah? The law of conscience. 
How did God judge Herod? The law of conscience. How did God judge Pharaoh? Toby, how did Jesus judge Pharaoh? Let me say Jesus now. How did Jesus judge, judge, um, 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 Abimelech? The law of conscience. Because they didn't have the law for them, unto them. They didn't know about Jesus. They didn't have the law. So, what about, what about, what about John Stones living somewhere in Iceland? The gospel has never been there. How will God judge him? The law of conscience. So it is possible for a man never have heard about Jesus to go to heaven. And he's living nowadays. Are you getting it now? Okay, if you don't agree with me, how will God judge my two-month-old boy? He will not go to heaven. But if you believe in Jesus now, they yeah, don't know right or wrong. He doesn't understand what is right or wrong. So he goes to heaven. Do you get it? Are you sure about that? If you have a question, just document it because we'll take it after the service. Do you know that all through the book of Ephesians, now, do you know who, who, the Ephesians, who, who are they? The, the people, the, 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 the Ephesians, who are they? Are they Jews or Gentiles? Eh? Gentiles. The word law, law, only appeared once in Ephesians. The entire Ephesians. Ephesians 2 verse 15. We talk about the fact that, that the Jews and the Gentiles have become one. And the law has been abolished and all of that. Law only appeared once in the book of Ephesians. What about Galatians? That you are Jews. So you see the, law, the word law appearing in Galatians over and over and over again. Corinthians, Jews or Gentiles? Gentiles. The word law appeared in 1 Corinthians 11 verses. 11 verses and then only in, I think, two or three chapters. Some Corinthians, the word law is not there at all. What about Philippians? Philippians, Gentiles, no law. No law at all. So the, the, imagine that you live in those days, you will have nothing to do with law because the Bible was not even written in those days. All these law things are not written to you. They are written for you. You must know what is written to you and what is written for you. Ralia the sugar girl. Is it written to you or for you? Eh? It's written for you, not to you. If your father dies now, God forbid, and then they present the will to you and start reading it to you, is it written to you or for you? To you! So we must understand what is written to us and what is written for us. The book of Romans, to you or for you? To you! Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, to you or for you? For you. Let me show you something, John. John, that is like the most, the most um, new creation book in the book of between Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Let me show you something there. John 20, verse, I think verse 30 or so. So you know who the book of John was even written to now. You think that this pastor is just trying to bamboozle you with some, some nice words. No, I have not followed carefully made up stories. John chapter 20, verse 30. 20, verse 30, then we 30 and 31. Now, and truly, Jesus did many other signs 
in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. Please pay attention very carefully. Verse 31. Very important verse 31. Now, but these are written that you may what? Eh? That this is written that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that believing you may have life in his name. Who was the book of John written to? Those who are unbelievers. He's written so that you may believe. I mean now. <laughs> so when you read the book of John, you read it for information. It is not directed to you. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Punch, 2021, June 27. Is it written to you or for you? It's written for you, not to you. The law was never written to the believers. It was never written for you. It was written to you. It's written for you, so that you may know. Verse 17 now. Let's see some other things in, 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 in this book. Verse 17. Romans 2, verse 17. Verse 17. Indeed, you are called a Jew, and you rest on the law, and you make your boast in God. Now, understand that the book of Romans was written to a mixed multitude. Some of them were Jews, some of them were Gentiles. Yeah. But it was not written to, to give them in the land of the Jews. It's because these, these Jews were living in the Gentile city called Rome. You get it now. Talk to me, church. All right. All right. Back to verse 17 again, please. Let's do verse 17 again. 17? Indeed, you are called a Jew and you rest on the law and you make your boast in God. Verse 18. And you know his will and you approve the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law. Verse 19. And are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind and a light to those who walk in darkness. Verse 20. And an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. Verse 21. You therefore, now, you therefore, who was Paul talking about here? Not Romans. Go back to 17 and you see it now. Verse 17. Let's read together, everybody. Want to go? Indeed, you are called a Jew. And you rest on the law. And you make your boast in God. 18. And you know his will. And you are proved that excellent. Being instructed out of the law. 19. And are confident that you are a, that, that you're blind. A light to those who walk in darkness. Verse 20. And the of the foolish. A teacher of babes. Having the form of knowledge and the truth in the law. 21. You therefore who teach another. Do you not teach yourself? You will pray, you should not steal. Do you steal 22? You will say, do not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? You will have bought hiders. Do you rob temples? 23. Do you dishonor God by through breaking the law? 24. For the name of the Lord is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you and this way. Do you know that many people have used this to talk to the believers? Do you know that? That uh, you are blaspheming God's name. And all of that. Who was he talking about here? Eh? Okay. I think I don't have to spend so much time there. Let's go to verse 25. 25. For circumcision is indeed profitable if you what? If you keep the law. 
But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Verse 26. Therefore, as an uncircumcised man, keep the righteous requirement of the law. Will, is, will, will not his uncircumcision be counted as what? As circumcision? 27. And will not the, physic, the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you who even with your written code of circumcision are a transgressor of the law? 28 now. 28. For he is not a Jew who is one outward, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. Last verse, verse 29. But the Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the, of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but of God. So now, here, there is a, there is, there was a synchronization, there was a balancing. And the balancing will continue in, the, in, 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 in chapter 3. What's the balance all about? That the fact that, you know, God loves the Jews so much, and they are proud of that. The fact that you are a Jew, from now on, does not mean that you are, you are special. Because there are Gentiles that will do what you think that you as a Jew are called to do, and do it excellently. But you see, the, the poem I have here is that many people use this to even talk, talk to the believers. That, hey, hey, see, see, there are some Muslims that are even doing better than you and all of that. No, no, you don't use that to talk to the believers. He's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. It's not about Christianity and other religions. He's talking about the Jews and, and nobody at any time should use this to talk to the believer. If the believer is not doing well, you do not say that, hey, even some people that are not even born again are doing better than you. You don't use that. You don't use that for the believer. But here, let's understand that there was a synchronizing between the Jews and the Gentiles. Do you get that now? Are you sure about that? So, so the Jews and the Gentiles, they were brought under the same umbrella. And we're going to go deep and deep and deep into some of these things, gradually. So there is no special likeness of God for the Jews again. Because you are born again. You are better than a Jewish man. Can you say amen to Jesus? But in them... The Jews and the Gentiles, they are brought under the same umbrella. And that is what leads us to the next sub-team. All men, one box. Let's quickly go a bit into this next, next team. And let, let's see if we can finish it in the short time that I have. And then we'll continue next week. Now, let's go back to verse 28. 28. All right. All right. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that, is, that which is outward in the flesh. 29. All men, one box. 29. For is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. Now, 3 verse 1. What advantage then as the Jew? Or what is the profit of circumcision? So, if, if, if the Bible is focused on the Jews, 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 Jews. So what advantage does the Jews now have over the Gentiles? Verse 2. Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles. What's the oracles of God? The word of God. What's the word of God? Christ. So Christ came from among the Jews. In fact, let me shock you. Do you know that? Jewish disciples did not, did not believe that Jesus Christ came for the Gentiles too. All of them didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel. They didn't hear it. 
Do you know that they called Peter to conference room and told him that you, you went to go and see Cornelius, a Gentile. They called him. And that to explain to them. In fact, Peter, before Peter went, he had a revelation. God had to come. He was fasting. And then he was hungry. He went to go and eat. And then he went into a, into a trance. And then he saw himself with some animals that the Jews did not eat. And then God told him. He knew it was God. God said, take, eat. He said, eh? It's waiting. <laughs> I cannot eat this one though. They are not clean though. No. And God said, do not call unclean. What I have called clean. So God was saying that the Gentiles are no longer unclean. They are now clean. They are not clean. And then God surprised them. You know, they, 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 before they spoke in tongues, they spent 40 days. Have you now? After one. 40 days. Before they spoke in tongues. <laughs> when he got to a Cornelius house, he was still preaching the gospel. He was preaching, 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 preaching. The Bible said, why the, why the words were in his mouth? The Holy Ghost fell on them. And he started praying the Holy Ghost. Some <laughs> people like, like you to go through what they went through. <laughs> go through what they went through. It is very, very hard. It's tough. Oh. But that's not, that's not God's way. They believe and they, they spoke in tongues on the first day. That is to say that the day a believer becomes born again, the Holy Ghost has come into you. Believe it. He has come into you the day you become born again. When Pastor Nam prays for you, lays on you, and then you start praying in tongues. That is the spirit within coming upon you. Where is the spirit within? The Bible calls it on high. Until you be in the from on high. Where is on high? Here. Where is here? Christ. Christ is here. He's on high. And, and so the Holy Ghost comes from here. Up. And then you start materializing. You start manifesting. You start servicing what he has given to you. Can someone say amen to that? Hallelujah. So... The advantage that the Jews had, the advantage that the Jews had was the fact that to them was committed the, the oracles of God, the word of God, and that is Christ. Let's move forward. Verse 3. So what made the oracles of God important and potent among them? It says, for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? No. Verse 4. Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. Verse 5. Now, verse 5. Verse 5 now began to give us some very, very logical stuffs. Very, very logical stuffs. It says, but if our unrighteousness demonstrates God's righteousness, what shall we say then? Is God unrighteous? Who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. Paul was fast to say, I speak as a man. Verse 6. Certainly not. For then, how will God judge the world? So, now, let me say this to us. That God is judging by the law of conscience, right? Law of conscience. For those who, are not, for those who never heard about Jesus Christ. By the law of conscience. But none of them can boast of righteousness. None of them. Verse 5 again. But if our unrighteousness, can you see the next thing, please? The next things. Demonstrate what? What shall we say? 
is God unjust? Who, un- who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. Verse 5. Answer to the question. Does our unrighteousness demonstrate God's righteousness? Is God unjust? Who inflicts wrath? Verse 6 now. Verse 6 says to us that certainly not for them. How will God judge the world? So if men by themselves are righteous and God is righteous, so it means that you and God are on the same equation, right? So how will God judge you? But God is not referring to the believer in this instance. Because the believer will not be judged because the believer is righteous as God is righteous. Do you get that now? But will God judge the world? Yes. That is why no matter how wonderful or how well behaved or how mannered your, your, your unbeliever friend is, he cannot be righteous. If you think about Jesus Christ, God will just look at his goodness or his badness and judge him based on that, based on his conscience. That's what he will do. So, how will God judge the world if God, if, if them and God are on the same equation of righteousness? Verse, verse 7. Verse 7. For, for if the truth of God has increased through my life to his glory, why am I also judged <laughs> as a sinner? Logical questions. Logical questions. Thank God for Paul. So why is God judging me as a sinner when 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 all of his um when his standards are not met or or they are omittable? Verse seven now. So if okay, sorry, verse eight, verse eight. And why not say? I like this one too. And why not say? Let us do evil that good may come. As we are slanderously reported. And as some affirm that we say, but we did not say it. You see, if you read the Bible in a rush, you, you miss a lot of things. Paul was saying here, and why not say? Why not say? Let us do evil that good may come. As some, uh, no, as we are slanderously what? You see, this is what people say about us that we are saying that people should be doing evil. And this is what Paul was saying too. He said, as some, as we are slanderously reported as some, as some as firm that we say, that condemnation is just. So we are not saying people should do evil because God is good. Is good. And because God is good, are, God's goodness will cover their evil. No. No. Next verse, verse 9. What then? Ah, who better than them? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greek. That they are all what? So you see now. So here, God brought every man under the same box. Same box of what? Same box of sin. All men were put in the same prison. So, verse 10 now. As it is there is none righteous. No, not one. So someone uses one, this one to talk to the believer. There is no righteous. Nobody is righteous. Nobody is holy. It's not to the believer. It's talking about those who were there in those days. Are you getting it now? Are you sure about that? Alright, so we are still moving. We are still continuing. We will get to the part that talked about the believers. Verse, verse 11. There is none who understand. There is none who seek after God. So no matter how much it is, I want to try and seek after God. In religion, you cannot get God. Verse 12. They have all turned aside. They have, they have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Verse 13. Their truth is an evil tongue. With their tongue, they have practiced deceit. The poison of herbs is under their lips. Verse 14. Whose mouth 
is full of cursing and bitterness. Verse 15. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Verse 16. Destruction and misery are in their way. Verse 17. And the way of peace they have not known. Verse 18. There is no fear, no fear of God before their eyes. Verse 19. Now we know that whatever the Lord says, He says to those who are what? Why? That everyone may be stopped and the world may become what? Let me, let me, I, 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 I want to say something about this. Let's, let's go to verse 20. Therefore, okay, okay, go back to verse 19, please. I, I, will, I will conclude here. So God put all men under the same box. All men in the same bucket. Before we go there, please give me 3 verse 9 in message, please. Message version, please. All men in the same box. He called all men sinners. And that is not referring to you. Now, verse, verse, verse 9. Message version. Okay. So, where does, where does that put us? Do we Jews get a better break than others? Not, not really. Basically, all of us whether insiders or outsiders, start as where? Eh? We used to say that we all start out as what? As sinners. Scripture leaves no doubt about it. Go to verse 19 now. Not message. Verse 19. New King James. So let's conclude here. 19 now. Let's read this together. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, and every mouth will be stopped, and the whole world may be guilty before God. Let's read it two more times. Everybody, please. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world will be guilty before God. We're going to read it one more time. Everybody, one to go. Now we know. Let's take it, let's take it slowly. And let it sink in. One to go. Now we know that whatever the law says, he says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. There is an ideology that says that Jesus Christ has not come to what? Eh? To abolish, abolish the law. But to what? To, to establish it. To fulfill it. What does the word fulfill means? What does establish means? Let me look for where it is. Because this one, this one is important. I'll talk about this now. Now, say, do not think that I came to destroy the law, the prophet. I did not come to destroy, but to what? What does it mean to fulfill? Hey, Jesus Christ came to make the law bigger. So that you can, you can, you can be living by the law. Is that what he says? Give me another version, please. Maybe English is the issue here. Look at this. But what? Eh? But to complete. What does it mean to complete? To finish. To end. So you have come to end it, that you may start it. Abi, is that what you're saying? Another version, please. Maybe message. This one is rapping. I'm, I'm going to put it all together and put it together in the vast panorama. I'm going to give you instant, I'm going to give you explanation. I'm going to explain what I'm saying. I, I'm not 
I've not come to take a stand. I've come to. Eh? Romans, Romans 10 verse 4. Romans 10 verse 4. Please, Romans 10 verse 4. For Christ is what? What does it mean to end something? To end means to end it. So the word end here is the same word for fulfill or to complete. When Jesus came, he started saying a lot of things. He said that if you think that to go and have sex is fornication, he said no. Let that not hold. He said the moment you look at somebody lustfully, you have completed fornication in your heart. Did he say that? Ah, uh-uh. talk to me now. Okay. He said that if you take a gun, I'm paraphrasing now, and shoot somebody, you have killed the person. Abi, that is not the only mother that we have. The another mother is mother is when you call, when you when you when, when you sit with somebody and you rubbish another person, say so you have murdered the person. Did he say that? How come that is not important to us anymore? Let me explain to you. He said again that if your right hand is making you sin, let, 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 let them go and cut it. Happy now. <laughs> And if your right eye is making you sin, let them remove it. So that, so that it's very, for you to enter heaven with only one eye. Abby? What about, what about when, when your second eye starts making you sin too? You go to heaven blind. If your right leg makes you sin, let them cut it. Second leg too, cut it. And those who are teaching it cannot even follow it. Now, do you, let me explain something to you. Jesus Christ, the first thing he came to do, when, as regards the law, he came to raise the bar. To the point that those who thought that they have been shining with the law could not fulfill it again. He came to raise the bar first. He raised the bar because uh, let me talk to us, church. Let me talk to us. In the last one week, born again believer, you have not crushed on anybody in your mind. Let me see your hands up. One week. In the last one week, you have not crushed on anybody in your mind. Let me see your hands up. One year. Okay. The hands have, have come down. Okay. How many of you, your right hand has made you sin before? Let me see your hands up. Okay. Don't worry. It's everybody. Don't worry. How many of you caught your right hand when he made you sin? So Jesus Christ made made Jesus Christ made observing the law difficult for everybody so that we can all now start looking up to a savior to help us obey the law. Do you get it now? If you don't get that, let me say it again. As your, as your, as your right leg made you sin, did you cut it? <laughs> so Jesus Christ made fulfilling the law, he heightened this such that nobody can meet up. And because you cannot meet up, you cannot judge anybody anymore. Because you cannot meet up, then you have to rely on a savior to help you meet up. So what Jesus Christ came to do? Jesus Christ came to meet up with the law so that if you believe in him, it's as though you have met up with the law. That's what it means to believe in Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus, you have met all the requirements of the law because you believe in him. So he said in Romans 10 verse 4 that Christ is the end of the law. As far as you believe in Jesus Christ, the law has ended in your life. Can someone say amen to that? So there is no observance of the law for the believer again. Let me show you one more thing before I go to verse 20. 1 Timothy 1 verse 6. 1 Timothy 1 verse 6. So the law, Jesus Christ came in the era of the law to fulfill the law so that every man 
first to heighten the law so every man can know and understand that they need a savior. Is it first Timothy or second Timothy? First Timothy. Okay. Give me verse 8. Everybody, please look at this. Look at this, please. I want to look at it too. Everybody, look at this. Let's look at it together. We are, the, we are all the preachers. All of us are preachers. Let's go. One to go. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Verse 9. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and the profane, for murderers of fathers and mothers of mothers, for menslayers, verse 10, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for prejurers, and if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, is the Lord made for you? The moment you become righteous in Christ Jesus, you don't need the law anymore. So all these people, they need the law. You know why? So they can see where they are, which was with, with the law. See, this one, I, 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 I did not, I did not meet up. No, I cannot meet up. I cannot meet up. I cannot meet up. So what do I do? Find the savior to help you meet up. Do you understand now? now verse twenty. Romans chapter three, verse twenty. Let's let's end there. So, so the law puts everybody, or God has put everybody under the same condition. And then by next week, we're going to be looking at the prison break. Maybe that's the same prison, Abby. Let's look at the prison break next week. Let's look at the title, Prison Break. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Now, everybody, let's shout this together. Want to go. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh should be justified in his sight. For by the law, is not of sin. So, bro, justification under the law has expired, it has been sacked, is irrelevant, is no more needed, is abolished in your life forever and ever. So how do we live? We live by grace. We live by faith. We live by faith in what Christ has done. We do not live under the law anymore. Can you shout amen to Jesus? Can you shout amen to Jesus? Therefore, by the deeds of the law, how many flesh? No flesh by the deeds of the law no flesh no flesh will be justified in the sight of god is that not amazing isn't that amazing by the deeds of the law no flesh will be justified in the sight he said the just shall live by faith therefore without faith it's impossible to please god but he that must believe in him he that must come to him must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that seek him. Can you shout glory to God in this service? Can you shout glory to God in this service? Have you been blessed this morning? Have you learned some things this morning? Are you a better person this morning? Are you sure about that? Do you know how God judge? You know that you as a believer, you will not come into judgment. Wow. What a wonder. And you know that the law 
is not for you. Even if it's for you, the Bible says, by the deeds of the law, shall no flesh be justified in the sight. Can we pray in the Holy Ghost together? In the name of Jesus. Can you do it well? Can you pray in the Holy Ghost? Can you pray in the Holy Ghost? It's not time to look around. It's time to pray. Give God praise for what He's done for you. For what He's done for you. Thank God that you are growing. That you are growing the things of God. Oh, Oh, can you say, come, say, thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, see, Baba, Yagada. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are no longer slaves to the law. We are sons of God. We are free. We are free. We are free. We are free. Oh, sobre de 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 sagaba. Oh, ribra tosa balagadiza. Leto suragadiza. Handa la brogodosa. Oh, so robo sibra handa balagadiza. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can you sing this song with me? I am glad I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. You are not glad, though. Are you glad about it? Oh yes, I am glad. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I belong to my I am glad I am glad. I am glad. I belong to Jesus. Are you glad this morning?